Hello, everybody. Yeah. Welcome to the Without Context podcast, episode 14. Uh, this is your seemingly usual trio now uh, of Anxiety Lasagna, Decavolti, and myself, Sharky Hat. And today we have a rather fun episode for all you equally middle-aged people like we are you could have just said 90s kids 90s kids kids. you you didn't have to say middle age okay middle age that's in a decade yeah that's fair so all you 90s kids unless you're uh played uh the playstation or the sega saturn today we're talking about the n64 uh, that is uh i think the system that Haley had that she wanted to really talk about so it's Haley month the nintendo 64 nintendo system it was the first generation after uh the super nintendo which i personally consider one of the greatest game consoles of all time and this one it took its name because it was a 64-bit processing unit which just means that i guess it had double the data capability i never really understood what the bits meant um uh, I'm not going to take a crash course in that on this podcast right now, but uh, the bigger number is better. The is bigger number is better because I believe the Super Nintendo was a 16 or a, a 32 bit. It was one the of the, play, the two of them. The PlayStation was a 32 bit. Super Nintendo um, was a 16. Yeah, the Super Nintendo. Was 16. I think that's where we get 16 bit graphics from. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been going, it's been going up in increments of like four for like decades. Yeah. So, this game console, probably one of the more popular game consoles to ever be released. Uh, this one came out at a weird time where, like, Sony was doing CDs. This one still did cartridges. So, it had a little bit of a, probably a little less of a lasting impact than the PlayStation did. But it still had some great uh, games on it. And... Star, I think started the trend of Nintendo not knowing how to design a controller. So yeah. it, has only, it has only gotten weirder from the N64 controller. From the but, Nintendo 64 from what the 90s to today, it's like you've gone from the controller looks like this weird like you could make a punch dagger out of it to um, now your controller is the system. Yeah. And uh, the lifespan of the system was uh, 96 to 2002. Um, so good six year run, which I think was kind of the norm back then. I think I was like even... say, that, that's like wild nowadays to even fathom like to a six year run. Sony puts out a new PlayStation every six years. God, just punch me in the fucking face. <laughs> like... <laughs> we'd, be on, we'd be on like PlayStation 20 by now. But I think this also that also comes back to something we've talked about in a previous episode where they can keep patching stuff and adding content. So these lifespans can last longer. I mean, a mm-hmm. system like this, you couldn't patch, you couldn't downloadable content stuff. So you had to give it a reasonable lifespan. But after a certain amount of time, it's like, hey, we need something new. Don't forget the got, extension pack. And then we, the extension pack, I think, was used for one game, and that was Donkey Kong. That is... I don't think that's true. Oh, it the little been, thing you had to put into the, the little center red, of the, the little red console. Yeah, no, I, that's. I think uh, I thought you were talking about I'm the thing you shoved at... into the back of the controller where you could put in a Game Boy game. Yes, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Um, 
It might have been for a few games, but I know like the one that needed it first was Donkey Kong. I so one of the games that I'm gonna bring to this to this is was Donkey Kong, but I have another game that did require the expansion pack, so that's why I know. Okay. But uh some I guess like brief shout outs uh for games on this, because I think it probably won't be one that this group plays, but like this is where we really started getting like first person shooters also. Like Goldeneye came out mm-hmm. and like it if you had an N64 and you had like kids in the neighborhood that you were friends with, everybody played this game. Like Goldeneye was the like first party game. And then we got Smash Brothers, which I guess changed everything in terms of Nintendo's like fighting game popularity. But we will start uh as always with ladies first. So Haley. Oh, and 64 <laughs> games did you love? Okay, so I'm going to just say a broad category for the first one because I feel it's really impossible to pick just one that I felt was like the most influential for me. Um, but when I was playing the N64, the it thing in my world was Pokemon. Yeah. So I had ev- almost every single Pokemon game for the N64 because my parents were very strict about what sort of content I was allowed to consume as a child. So everything had to be rated E. Like they were even squirrely about like E10 plus when that came out. And so I had like Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2, uh, Puzzle Pokemon League. Stadium was great. It was such a diverse game. Like my sister did not like Pokemon, like does not like Pokemon. She's a year older than me. And she would play Pokemon Stadium with me because one, she would try and beat me in Pokemon battles, which she couldn't because she didn't know how type advantages worked. So I just got to cream her. <laughs> but you could go to the mini game island and she would cream me at most of the mini games. Um, it did have very, like, it did have very like Mario Party style, like mini games. Very there, mini games. There yeah. is a specific sound that I don't remember which stadium <laughs> it was in. That is in my head forever. I don't think I can do it justice, but it's the one where you play as Lickitung doing the yes. sushi carousel. The- oh, yeah. I was, yes, <laughs> the exact same sound was in my head as you said that. In my head. <laughs> I think it's also, I think it's safe to say inevitably we'll get to a Pokemon episode of this podcast. So yeah, to, it feels like. Uh, but I would have to say, I think the most revolutionary Pokemon game for the N64 for me was Hey You Pikachu. Because yes. that had an attachment that added a microphone where you could talk to Pikachu. And I know for like the Famicom or the Super Famicom with the original Nintendo Legend of Zelda, there was a functionality in their controller where you could like blow into the microphone for was... one of the the like bunny looking yeah. critters. It was, but uh, that didn't come to America, from what I understand. Yeah, that w- that's the Japanese Famicom, the one that actually has like the controllers like soldered to the system, so you can't like. It was just mm-hmm. you couldn't unplug them. It was just there on the system, and yeah, it had built-in microphones, and a lot of games utilized it. So yeah, so for some reason, with the N sixty four, when you it was like you plug in this microphone and you can go, "Hey Pikachu," and Pikachu would respond to you. It took the one, like, the thing that I'd wanted for Pokemon games on my Game Boy Color. I can talk to Pikachu now. (laughs) It was incredible. I played that game. Like, it has, like, a short little story mode that you play. And, like, that's basically it. I would replay it over and over and over and over and over again. Even though it's arguably not a good game. The, um... 
the microphone obviously because it was such new tech like didn't work most of the time like you would yeah. try and say something to pikachu and you just like look at you and do the wrong thing and it was very frustrating um but i still just remember that sticking out as like this is the future and it, <laughs> it kind of was the future because now with some of the pokemon games you can do stuff with like voice or you like blow or something I haven't played a handheld Pokemon game since Sapphire I've, and Ruby. I think the 3DS had that. Like, they had, like, you could, like, bring your Pokemon up and, like, do, like, the petting motion with, like, the stylus mm-hmm. and, like, all this other stuff, so. Good, good metal Pokemon who I'm petting for some reason who is really into this. Good Totodile. Yeah. Best water and starter. Yes. So, the Pokemon games, uh, Pokemon Puzzle League actually became more of a thing in my life when I got to college. Because I had a friend named Jeff, whom I adore. Um, he was ridiculously good at Pokemon Puzzle League. And we would just hang out in his room and play Pokemon Puzzle League, like freshman year of undergrad. And that was the name of the protagonist. I was like, you're like, friend's name is Jeff. Name of the same name as the protagonist. I was like, oh, I wasn't sure where you were going with that. <laughs> oh, no, he no, he he was just my he was just my buddy in college. Yeah. And um, he's a monster at Pokemon Puzzle League. <laughs> and just to show like that you said that console was discontinued in 2002 but we were playing a completely functional copy of that in 2010 and 2011 and yeah. baby i mean and like my, my nieces and nephews like my mom's like what's the like tetris game that you have and like it's called pokemon puzzle league mom just put it in <laughs> like if it doesn't work like i know they say it doesn't actually do anything but like blow into the cartridge and then shove it in there Please put an alcohol swab in your fucking cartridge. Don't, don't just, don't, don't blow on it. Just use an alcohol swab. No, we do it like in the 80s. Just... <laughs> I can't That's remember if like... it, I can't remember if it was on G4 or something else, but they had like a thing of uh, testing when Nintendo systems broke. Like they like hit it, like dropped it off a building, hit it with like a car. <laughs> And all this other stuff. And it was like, I think it was the N64 or the GameCube that continued to function. Like, just with all this. I would feel like both of them. Because I'm like, it was either that or was it the original Xbox system? Because that was just like a cinder block of a game console. (laughs) But my, my last game was a game that actually my mom actually liked us having it because it was a game that my sister and I would play together without like murdering each other or like fighting for the console. Cause like most of the games were one player and all of my two player games were like Pokemon. So she didn't like them, but she would flame me, like absolutely murder me at snowboard kids and snowboard. Yes. Kids too. Yes. yes. <laughs> so that we only ever had memory. snowboard kids. <laughs> Whoop. Like, we only ever had snowboard kids. She always played as the girl character who, like, had, like, the cheetah print top and the brown yeah. hair. And I would just, like, or she would play as, like, the 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 rounder green guy character. Um, But we rented snowboard kids, too, because we couldn't find it anywhere by the time was... we discovered there was a sequel. We rented it from a video rental store that had video games that you could rent. And we loved that game so much. Like, we were devastated when we had to return it like my mom tried to purchase it for us from the video rental store and like even when it went out of business eventually because like who knows where like outside of alaska where is there a video rental store uh they it had already sold by the time my mom like thought to try and buy it for us but snowboard kids i was just about to say i have that same memory 
walking into a blockbuster was around the corner from my house finding snowboard kids and like a weekend just playing through it and then like i think that's what started my like when i got a ps2 like ssx tricky was just like the next game that followed it and wave runner <laughs> can't wait for the ps2 episode where i can just gush about oh ssx tricky <laughs> I, used, I used to steal from blockbusters and that was 20 years ago so they can't convict me on it yeah if it's a chain it's free reign yeah. yep she for legal reasons that is a joke yeah snowboard kids though it's like it was so fun like you could just play it over and over and over and it never stopped being fun and it had, like, like you could learn how to do the tricks yeah you get different snowboards you could customize the snowboards like it, there was and it had there was the uh, the multiplayer mode had like the mario kart like power-ups too like you throw stuff at like people Oh yeah, because there was like a the snowman one was horrible. Thinking of some of the games that I've like enjoyed, uh, but it wasn't the one I was thinking of. It's it's a completely different one. And I'll get to that in a second. All right. But, <sighs> but yeah, Snowboard Kids, very formative uh, game of my childhood. Because like other than that, you just had like your classic ones, which I'm sure we'll go over. But yeah, Snowboard Kids was something me and my sister play a bunch. She was much better at it than me. To this day, she's better than me at racing games. Like, I get too stressed out playing racing games, so I just kind of don't make myself competitive, so I don't feel bad when I lose a racing game. And it's you all because that, of snowboard kids. You know that scene in Ratatouille where he eats the food and, like, brings it back to, like, childhood because it's, like, the exact same oh. way his, like, mom cooked it? That's what that snowboard kids, like, reference, like, brought me back to. It brought me <laughs> back to, like, 12-year-old Dallas when I had hair. Just playing in <laughs> sixty four. You said it, not yeah. us. Yeah, I. You're gonna I, start. See, you're gonna start seeing me like this more often. Like I've just given up. Like you can tell where it's. Starting oh no! To, so you're just. Oh, I'm you, this. I'm this now. Every like two days, I got shit. Killer Mister Clean cosplay next time you go to a con. <laughs> Mister Clean, but like rugged. <laughs> I'm gonna Love child of Mister Clean and the Brawny Man. <laughs> Sorry, folks. My humor is a little bit dry today. I just was like seven hours on a Zoom call for work. I'm, I'm oh dead. I'm bazooka. You're good. You're good. <laughs> but right. yeah, Pokemon Snowboard Kids. Take it away, whoever's next. A good selection. Uh, oh, just, just to uh, actually go back to Pokemon. Did you do Pokemon Snap? Oh, absolutely. Obsessed. I'm. I think I'm gonna. I'm either getting Pokemon Snap for Christmas for my fiance, or I'm getting po one of the new Sword and Shield remakes that's coming out this week. Um, as of recording, I think and that's a, what is that? The other I'll buy myself Pearl. when I get a paycheck. Yeah, the Diamond and Pearl, I think. Yeah, because I Gen Four is pretty solid. I haven't You'd like played it. any of those ones because I stopped at Ruby and Sapphire in the handhelds because oh. my mom's like, "You're too old for video games." Jokes on you, mom. Now I'm on a video game podcast. Um, <laughs> We're not a video game podcast. We're kind of a video game podcast. I think at this point, it's taken us a while to find our identity with this. We kind of just went in like, let's talk about things that we want to talk about. I think we're more of just a nerd culture podcast. Nerd okay. culture is video games. Well, jokes on you, mom. I'm talking about video games on the internet. Because <laughs> we've talked about um, you know, D&D video games. uh horror stuff on the internet like scp foundation i think we're just nerd culture talk at this point nerd culture <laughs> so. but yeah pokemon snap was 
another game like my sister and i would play competitively to see who could get the better <laughs> like we would just have like one save file and we'd jump onto it and like who could take the better pictures and uh it became about bloodshed towards the end of it she's like look i got this better picture of or she'd like save the worst pictures so that my better picture would be gone and i would just be like all right you have chosen violence today <laughs> All right, what do you Jack got, Deco? What's your visual this aid? My camera, this is my camera bag. Um, Pokemon Snap. Oh, yeah. I would not be a photographer today if it wasn't for Pokemon Snap. That's fair. Aww. Uh, That's so sweet. That, yeah, I would go in that game. I would make sure and get every single fucking... Uh, I'd make Mewtwo or whoever show up. I'd make all, do all the tricks to get all of them to show up. Um, I would not be half the photographer. I would not... I mean, not to say I wouldn't be I wouldn't be uh, a photographer, but that's it like the building block. It kickstarted everything. I was like, taking pictures is interesting. It's the first domino. Yep. The, the moment uh, Decca hit a Charmander, play. and the moment Decca hit a Charmander into a pit of lava, he's like, I wanted to be a photographer. A Charmeleon <laughs> into a pit of Sorry. lava to make a Charizard. Duh. Only evolution uh, yeah, worked that, that way. Was, that was abs- That was absolutely like. That, that is so the of like eight year old me playing with Pokemon Snap, going up to like I'm a photographer going to a con this weekend as of recording. Ah, <sighs> but you talked about Pokemon Snap, Ducka. What other games? What other games? All right, so Pokemon Snap, of course, everyone has played it here. Most those those ninety kid the nineties kids who went to the Blockbuster were able to print out the little fucking stickers. They had of the their, kiosk, their, yes. Uh, I remember that. Oh God! Dude, that I shit on my that. home computer, on my it's, home it's like computer. The, it's like the size of a thumbnail. It was literally a thumbnail back then. If I had thought ahead, in this closet to my immediate left, which also houses my wedding dress, is the stickers I would I have printed from my Pokemon Snap game from the late nineties in you a box. Still have them with two mint condition original game boys <laughs> my pride's I, joy wait, I'm, this bricks? Be, I'm, I'm this close to being like go pull those out right now no it they are at the bottom of like six bins it would take oh. me an hour to get to them oh are you talking man about, like, the brick game boy i have one that's red and i have one that's green the colors okay, so you, have, you have the colors like the original game boy is like the brick size like gray one. they're brick size they're just colored but they're the size of like oh. a construction brick the plastic's just colored they're so, so proud they I mean, the, game boy, like... the game boy color was kind of big but like the original no it's game not a game boy, boy color because i had i used to have the special edition gold silver when pokemon mm-hmm. gold and silver came mm-hmm. out that was like the duo chrome um, but I left it at an ex-boyfriend's condominium, and that and all of my games were lost in a breakup. Oh, I know, I'm devastated. Um, so yeah, printing out the little, they're literally thumbnails back then. That's kind of where the name came from. Um, there's that. Uh, Perfect Dark. Yes, that game required a an expansion pack to play. That uh. For- like you could play it, like uh, one second. You could play it, and um, but it would be it's extremely limited in what you can do, and there's no save function. So you need the expansion pack to be able to actually play it. Go ahead, Haley. What is Perfect Dark? Perfect Dark is um, a first-person shooter. 
it is one of it's like one of the like if you play it now and compare it to like old the olden first person shooters it's slow it's molasses slow but it is it was a very interesting plot you play as a character named joanna dark um you run around uh doing espionage shit the president is black and that's great in that was in like uh, mid fucking nineties. Yeah, I'm look, actually looking for the list of games oh, here. I, I Obama know if, who? Obama who? Let's see, uh, Perfect Dark. That was a uh, 2000, I believe. Yeah, it was 2000. It was Rareware. Back when Rare made games and wasn't an Xbox company. Back when Rack President. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that level because I was stuck on that level because there, there's a level where you're on a plane. And you're trying to provide evidence to the president that, hey, this person's coming to attack you. And um, it's like, I don't think you have enough evidence. And I just remember that voice. And um, but uh, I remember also on that level, I would try to put down like the there, one of the, my favorite weapons in that game is uh, it's, it's a laptop. And you just put the laptop down and it's a fucking se- it's a it's a it's a sentry gun. Or you can use it as a submachine gun yourself. There so- are some very innovative weapons in that game yeah it was great uh just to clarify an earlier question i looked up what 32-bit system meant and i'm a dumbass because i took a computer class uh it means 32 bits in like a line of code so it was just longer coding uh the n64 had the same processing power as windows xp so (laughs) fun fact fun fact. Uh, wait wait we're gonna have to unpack that separately (laughs) Go for it. I'm. I'm actually on a related topic. I'm actually going to try to take one of my laptops and get XP installed in it if I can find like the. Uh, when was if XP? I can find something. Windows XP. You look like when? When? What year? Mid zero zeros. Uh, so Nintendo, like, obsoleted the N64, and then Bill Gates rolls in, being like. Hello. No, uh, no, they were out just at the same. The no, they were they, no, they were out at the same time. Like, oh. it just Windows, means that as a system, it had. When did uh, it was two thousand one? Yeah. So Nintendo <laughs> was like, "Here's this nearly obsolete technology," and then Bill Gates is like, "Hello, your home well, computer is now as strong as a no, Nintendo sixty four. Okay, it's not just XP. I'm just saying, like, it, it was the same as XP. It also ninety five and ninety eight were the same. Uh, system also so it would have been during the same time but the fact that they have the same processing like code wild um so perfect dark was that wrong but uh there is there's a laptop sentry gun was my favorite uh there was a bunch of also because it's like a it's like a government conspiracy that goes deep into like aliens and stuff um and so another weapon was like a sniper rifle, but it, when you when you look through the scope, it's like um, heat vision or like thermal vision, and you can actually shoot people through walls. And that was like the most busted shit ever. When I would play my bro- well, when I would play with my brothers, they're like, "What are you doing? Nothing. What are you doing <laughs> nothing? Where are you? Don't worry about it." <laughs> um, the corner of Nanya and business, and then. I think a final game that I would have uh, didn't require the expansion pack, but was uh, Pilot Wings 64, which is a flight simulator game. Um, you play, uh, you get to do like hang gliding stuff. You get to do like actual like plane stuff. I think there was helicopter stuff. 
um, as I look into it currently. But it was it was a lot of fun. Wow, that thumbnail is small. Uh, it was a lot of fun, but it's a lot of like going through the going through loops or like. Remember what I was saying, like about the bonus game mode of uh, uh, Tempest Two Thousand, where the, you like going through hoops and stuff. Yeah, trained me for that. Okay. <laughs> so go goes through you like do that, or you land uh, somewhere specifically, and the closer you land to the target, you the more points you get and stuff. Yes, Haley. Sorry, there was a bird. <laughs> <laughs> there was a flash of movement that I was like, "What is it?" And then I saw it's one of uh, one of the birds that I feed on my porch. So he's probably mm-hmm. like, "Bitch, where's the rest of our food?" And I'm like, "I'm getting to it. Relax." Apparently, apparently, Pilot Wing sixty four was game of the year for the year it came out, which is oh nice. Weird. We had a much lower bar in terms of like yeah. gameplay. No kidding. The Metacritic so. for it is like eighty out of a hundred. Yeah. Um, I think that's those are the two game. Um. I think those are the games for me. I I think we we should put some fighting game stuff into this, and I'd say like Killer Instinct. Yeah, they did have but a did Killer Instinct was Instinct on the Nintendo sixty four. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. allowed to play fighting games. My mom said they were too violent. Yeah, Killer Instinct Gold from She's Rare. Not wrong again, from Rare. So yeah, what I'm confused about though is she said we couldn't own fighting games, but I, I don't know if she just didn't know at the time, but like. When I was even younger than when I was playing the N64, I was playing the like NES or the SNES with my older cousins playing like Donkey Kong Country and Mortal Kombat. Like I always liked playing as uh, the yellow guy. They'd be like, "Get over here!" and then you just beat the beat the crap out of somebody. Yeah. And she uh, like didn't know that we were playing that until I was like like two years ago, and I was like, "Yeah, we were playing Mortal Kombat with them." She's like, <laughs> "And that time frame." That time frame was the start of the ESRB. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Which, that which probably deserves its own episode. Uh, like, there's going to be points in this podcast where it's like, we go into an episode and it's like, I'm going to have to like research and like write out like an outline of stuff. Like, if we would talk about it, even if just like in a semi like informative sense. So, um, I think, I think in general, my favorite thing about the Nintendo 64 is that it had. It had a solid, like, generalized, like, it had a bunch of, they weren't the best in, like, class in their genres of the games, but, like, they had some really solid, like, stuff. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Diddy Kong Racing. Yes. Diddy yes. Kong Racing. Uh, yes. But, yeah. And if if I continue to go on, I'm just going to randomly name another game like that, so I think I'm good here. Yeah, so... But Diddy Kong Racing is very good. Yeah, Diddy Kong Racing is very fun, and I think uh, that did the whole, like, not just racing carts, but it also gave you, like, carts, uh, planes in one of the, like, areas, so it gave you some variety in that, too. But you're right, mm-hmm. it did kind of have a library of games that covered, like, every uh, spectrum. If you wanted to play fighting games, you play Killer Instinct. If you want to play a racing game, play Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah, you had racing games, you had sports games. It was really the start of like the console first-person shooter. I mean, Doom uh, 64, Duke Nukem, GoldenEye, Perfect Dark, like all of those were on it. And it also like started a lot of uh, like other things. Like this. Yeah, it started a bunch of like franchises on it. Like this was the start of Smash Brothers. Uh, this was the starting point of... This was the uh, start of... um like 3d mario games 
like Mario 64 was the first Mario game to do the system that is still being done in Mario games. Uh, God, we'd be, looking back, is that game ugly? We'd be God, remiss. is that game ugly? <laughs> we'd be remiss, and we'd probably be called losers in our comments if we don't talk about Legend of Zelda. I personally don't know what's so great about it. Majora's Mask. I have a controversial opinion about the like Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask Zelda games. I think they're boring and I think they're dumb. Like, flamey, whatever. I think Ocarina of Time, I will give them a break on because, like, that was their first foray into 3D Zeldas. They kind of had to, like, translate what they were doing in like the handhelds into a 3d space so like i'll forgive them for that and like sure majora's mask like broke a little bit of the mold for it by like having it take place like outside of hyrule or whatever i just think those games are so tonally different than like any of the other zelda games that came before it that they don't align with like the natural flow of how things were at least for me and I, like that's a very controversial too. opinion. I think with Ocarina of Time, they wanted to do a lot for the story, but the limitations on it gave you just a lot of empty space. Like that's the thing. Like it feels empty when you're just like, kind of running when you're running around from when you're running around from you know dungeon to dungeon. There's just not a lot to do. But you go to like the handheld ones from the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color to the Nintendo Super Nintendo one, while you're going between them, you know, all the enemies are there. Like, you'll pop up to an enemy once in a while, but it just feels like you're just moving from place to place a lot of the time. Plus, another controversial take. I feel like because the N64, the time period that it came out, there was a large, like, entrance into gaming for a large generation in that time period. So Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask were their first forays into the legend of zelda franchise hot take over here in anxiety lasagna land i think that has done a disservice to the legend of zelda franchise as a whole because now you have this whole group of gamers that are like where the gritty zeldas i'm like zelda's not meant to be gritty it's not a gritty game at its core it's about exploration like the joy of exploration like why does that have to be gritty like twilight princess is arguably a garbage game because they tried to go gritty because everybody was mad about Wind Waker. So they're like, fine, here's your gritty Zelda. And I hated it. That was just, <laughs> I hated Twilight was... Princess. I will say uh, it's garbagey, but then Skyward Sword's garbage too. So like Twilight Princess I just and think Nintendo's, that, uh, Nintendo's furry phase. So we can forgive that. <laughs> so. I just, I feel like because of like Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask overall, like, have done a disservice because like because that was people's entry point they don't get the like whimsy of the earlier games and a lot of the handhelds and then they expect that like grittier thing moving forward and then they're just gonna bitch about all the zelda games because it's like ocarina of time was the best one i'm like no it's not 100 <laughs> percent. it's not it's that thing that we have uh at times the uh, nostalgia goggles it's like we grew up playing this game it's like that with Orcarina, it's like that with Final Fantasy 7 it's like that with a bunch of stuff where they they're okay games but nothing about them stands out to me like if you were to it's like even on the PlayStation 1 Final Fantasy 7 is not the best Final Fantasy 
Like my favorite Final Fantasy is eight, but even I know that one's story is garbage near the end. <laughs> but it's like objectively, it's like I think even if you love Final Fantasy seven, like the best one on the PS one is probably nine because that feels the most Final Fantasy. Like even yep. down to the characters. So it's just like this thing where it's like, oh, I played uh, Ocarina of Time when I first got into 3D gaming and I was exploring all these dungeons and I was like, well, there wasn't a lot going on. Like, and then it's like, oh, I grew up playing uh, Final Fantasy VII. I was like, that was when you were in your edgy phase. That's why you like that one. When you grow up, when you grow up from your edgy phase, everyone does it at some point. You grow up from your edgy phase, you start playing Final Fantasy IX, you realize that one's the, the that life. One's the he has better mechanics objectively has the better like you know combat system but, in but same, um, on a, on a hand on a small t- on a brief tangent before we get back to the 64 yes. it's the same thing that Haley points out it's like people think ff7 is like because there's like ff7 is our favorite game it's like one of the best look at all the current console like numbered final fantasy games they're trying to follow that same aesthetic and a lot of the times they just come out funny like the preview for 16 where like just an edgy guy yelling about like yelling at chaos and everything. And I'm like, this is just trying to take that energy you think you want from seven. And it's making it look so dumb. It's doing a disservice just to its own franchise. Bring back classic fantasy crystals, airships, just crystals, airships, the guy named Sid, a woman named Sid, non-binary person named Sid. Do it. We need a non-binary Sid. I know that from Kingdom Hearts, but that's its own fucking episode. (laughs) I'm not going to be in that episode. I'll tell you right now. We're going to be all over it. We're going to end that tangent until a future episode because the comments (laughs) are probably already furiously typing essays. Come at me, bro. I don't care. Um, So I got this system. I think on on christmas the year after it came out so i don't think i was able to i don't think my family was able to get it the year it did but i know my friend in my neighborhood had it so i always played at his house and this was the time like i had just recently gotten like a playstation so i was kind of going back and forth between the two and you know i, I hit the normal stuff mario mario kart uh, kirby Sixty-four. Well, i never played a kirby game they're interesting. Yeah. Kirby games are very interesting. I know. Um, but then you had like the class. You had like classics. Banjo Kazooie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good game. Ge- Gex. Enter the Gecko. I played that on the PlayStation. It's much but different. The ones that I kept playing the most of, aside from Snowboard Kids, whenever we rented it, uh, the goddamn Army Men game. Oh, I remember the Army Men game. There was a game that was like it, the toy army men, the green toy army men's, but it was like them against like a tan army man army, and it was like an actual like war. Yep. And it this was is like everything I ever did when I was like three. So like, army men, Sarge's Sarge's heroes, and Sarge's heroes right. two were the two that I played, and it's just like thinking back to them, I'm like, these are the dumbest fucking games I've ever seen in my life. Like I was looking at screenshots, and I was like. I played this shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, you, if you look at the artwork, you see all of them are green except for the woman who's like she's low normal, cut. She's, she's normal skin tone with, I think, like yeah. blue hair. Yep. 
and like a green like halter top and like pants. Yes. She has green hair. But yeah, all, all, of, all of them are even, they even still look kind of vaguely racially coded. Um, yeah. Even though they're all green. Uh, but the like, one woman has the low cut top with the green hair, ponytail. But, you know, what could we, what could we expect out of 3DO, which I actually don't think is around anymore? Um, I'm going to. I'm gonna show. I'm gonna show Haley the. Image. Yeah, show Haley that. God, I don't want to see it. I could but, live um, without it. But going from yeah. What the hell? <laughs> I'll post an image up here of what right. she's seen. But uh, I... I think the game on N64 that really stuck with me because at the time I was a huge fan of it. There was, if I remember correctly, yeah, uh, the WW, the WCW games, the wrestling oh, games. Good, it was like, it was Go, like the most primitive wrestling game where it's like directional button, like direction and a button will do one move. Okay, so you have like eight moves total. It's and very rock, paper, scissors too. Like this move beats yeah. this move. And if you grapple, you beat this move. But the thing that uh, it's cool with like this was back when WCW was still around, and it's just so funny because they're the only wrestling games I think. No, there was some WWF. WWF so, No Mercy was the game for me. No, yeah, No Mercy. Oh, right, that was before the lawsuit, right? Uh, yeah, that was before the lawsuit. Cause see, I know the other side of the lawsuit because my background is in environmental <laughs> science. <laughs> But uh, so yeah, the wrestling games because once those started coming out on PS4, uh, PS2, you know the SmackDown versus Raw, like 2007, 2008, like those kind of games where you can make a wrestler, and for some reason they had Super Saiyan hair in the character yep. creation menu. Yep. Um. But my favorite game, I have a game that is my favorite game, and a game that I just couldn't stop playing for some reason. My favorite game. Uh, on this was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Good games. Roses are red, violets are blue. Tony Hawk Pro Skater Skater 2. (laughs) So, this had had 1, 2, and 3, and I think 1 and 2 were the ones that I played a lot. And then I started playing them on PlayStation when when they came out on PlayStation. Was Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 the one that, like, technically violates the Geneva Convention? Technically. Yeah, because they yeah. have that pitfall trap that is technically a violation of yeah. the Geneva Convention. You can make ah. a you can make a course, and there was a spike like spear trap that you could fall into. I think Polygon yeah. made a video about it. That was always included on every one of the parks me and my friends made. We do it between like two half pipe transfers, so if you fucked up, you just fell into the pit. Not into and, the uh, pit. Reporting then, uh, you and your friend to the Hague right now. But. <laughs> The Tony Hawk Pro Skater game, uh, like that, like kickstarted everything. That got me into like my brief like skate skateboarding phase where I was actually like trying to skateboard. Uh, it introduced me to like a bunch of good bands. I mean, I still play Superman to this day. Yep, like, yep. Goldfinger, baby. Goldfinger. Uh, and it was just great. Like the Creative Park, the Creative Park option was great. Uh, I think this one, Tony Hawk. No, it was the PlayStation one that had it. They had Spider-Man as like a bonus character on like the PlayStation one. 
so, PlayStation. I know there was a bonus character on the N64. I just forget what it is. But like, that's. I feel like you could play as Link. I feel like you could play as. It was like I played one, I played two, I played three. When Underground came out, they actually have like the story mode. I played both of those. Like I loved the Tony Hawk games growing up. But I would be remiss personally to not talk about Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Just flying around in Star Wars as an X-wing pilot, or uh, I think you could select your ship. But just like doing all these missions, like. I only knew Star Wars from the movies. I didn't know that there was like this extended thing called canon, like outside the movie. Oh, back in the good old days. Back in the good old days. It was a a dark. Uh, Not not technically Rogue Squadron, but um, Pod Racer. Pod Racing. Yes. Star Wars Pod Uh, Racers. And my, I, much like Haley with uh, Pokemon, uh, Pokemon. I have a a voice in my head that always goes, Tebulba always wins. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's like, yeah, just Rogue Squadron was great. Like, I don't know what it was about the N64 and how they could program like AI so well when it came to these simple games. But like, it just felt like intense playing the game. Like it, uh, it wasn't just like they were following paths or something like they were reacting to you. So it's just like one of those, like, it just felt like it, it might have like just been like more on you after they take down like one of your allies or something. But like, it felt way more intense than something like a Star Fox game, which is basically like a rail shooter. You follow like a straight path and that's it. But like Rogue Squadron, you're like in full control of your, like, uh, your fighter during the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I guess that was probably built on top of maybe some technology from like uh, pilot wings or something. I think those yeah. had like a very similar like flight system in them. Pilot wings also came out with the system, so it would make sense that later on someone would be like, "Let's take yeah. the flight controls." But I mean, yeah, those, and I mean, then you got just some of the games that people they might not talk about often, but people just remember. You have Rampage. Uh. I remember Rampage for the NES. I played Rampage on the NES. I mean, we talked about the Pokemon games. We talked about, uh, I mean, this is the first Paper Mario that we got was on the system. I think that was near the end of it. It's a thousand year door? It's near the end of it. uh, It was um, Paper Mario Mario Story. Uh, Uh, NFL Blitz, I played a ton of. Oh, yeah. Because it was just like, here's football, but what if we gave it a bunch of Red Bull? So, what if, if you could just beat the shit out of people? <laughs> and that, that's all. That's all it was. It was just eating the shit out of the other players. <laughs> like, my strategy for my strategy for NFL Blitz was as follows: they they hike the ball. I can t- match the fuck out of the A button so every character can tackle, and I can go to a different character <laughs> just match tackle, and the entire line is gone, and he can't pass it to anyone, so he has to run yeah. it now. But. I think uh, while we talk about like some of the greats for the N64, we got to talk about some of the bads. I say, and, I think every game that I owned has already been covered in like these are the most basic ass bitch games you could have for the N64. So I'm just learning a thing are, or two today. <laughs> there are two noticeable games on the N64 that people would call notorious. 
Uh, the first one is oh. Superman 64. Yep. Where the flight controls are horrible. It's Superman running, flying through rings to be a timer. It's like it's... you're Superman, so like people just can't beat you. Like they've made it a point in the game to have you be Superman. It's literally it's it is actually uh, by many people's metrics the worst game ever created. It is up e. there with ET. The nest. They bury that in like the desert. Okay, when we do that metric, nothing can be worse than E.T. because E.T. actually led to a brief collapse of the gaming industry. <laughs> so that's fair. That's fair. That's, that's, that's why. That's why Nintendo like is the Nintendo Entertainment. George. <laughs> yeah, that's why Nintendo is the Nintendo Entertainment System because they didn't want to slap a gaming system onto their console. That's how bad E.T. fucked it up. They had to call it something else. While keeping it the same thing. Interesting. Interesting. And the second game is probably a little more nuanced, uh, but it's mostly because of the ad campaign that came out with it. Uh, a game called Die Katana, which was. Don't think it's it is a uh, first person shooter that has like a story of time travel and it's like a. There's like a magical like katana and stuff and it's like this whole supposed to be this whole epic thing and it's from one of the johns that made doom so it's half of the doom creative team so everybody had hopes for this boy this could be its own episode <laughs> <laughs> just um, shitty game we played basically uh basically it was announced in uh 97 it came out in 2000 which was unheard of for an N64 era game. Like, usually they'd announce it and it'd come out, like, the next year. Or even, like, six months down the line. Like, they could push out these things fast. Uh, mostly because of a troubled development system and uh, John Romero uh, having, like, a rock star, like, lifestyle and never wanting to actually work on the game. <laughs> so, oh, no. Um, but it had the infamous uh, ad uh in one of the magazines where it's john romero's about to make you his bitch and then the game did not come out for three years <laughs> so i can see why that didn't go over well in the late 90s <laughs> there's like this whole like story behind it uh, apparently like it wasn't his idea it was just some marketing guy saying like this is what the kids you know would like this is what yeah, bringing the kids it's like we're gonna break like this like hey we're gonna be like edgy and all that and i think even now like he talks about it as like yeah just a lot of mistakes went into that game <laughs> so it was a learning I just, experience i just picture that exact boardroom with some dudes like this you gotta bring the kids in no no it's more like this <laughs> you gotta bring the kids in <laughs> there is uh there's some I think it's an old JonTron video, like one of his earlier ones, where they're talking about like a Sonic game, and it, he like cuts into like an office room, and there's like one guy with like a face like covered in like sugar to look like cocaine. It's just like what? He's like, guys, we need to make a new Sonic game, and it cuts to that guy, and he's like, what the fuck's a Sonic? <laughs> <laughs> the first and one and only time we talk about Hatsune Miku. That video by Hatsune Miku. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Iconic but, video by iconic pop star Hudson <laughs> And then we have the thing is this system, like a lot of games, uh I think this was really the start of 
games not being completed. Like, I think with Nintendo and Super Nintendo, it was completed but never released in, like, the U.S. or, like, in another region. Like, that's how it worked there. Like, the games were finished eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, I think N64 might be the first time we see, like, games announced but then then just straight out canceled instead of finished. I could be completely, like, pulling that out of my ass, though. Uh, One of those games, uh, unfortunately, uh, Glover 2. Oh so, no! Our boy Glover never got his sequel. <laughs> and if what is a Glover? Uh, Glover is a uh, glove mascot. He is just a white five fingered glove who had like a platforming game, like roll around in a ball. This was definitely that's like that's the game. was Katamari on the N sixty four. No, that was a uh, PlayStation two game. Wrong, wrong company, Shawnee. Wrong company. I think that I think that's actually always. I think that might always have been strictly a PlayStation game until the Switch. Because I think they might have released it onto the Switch like last year or the year before. It just gave me big Nintendo energy when I saw people play it. <laughs> but... but like, this was N sixty four had a lot of mascot games. Like you had your Mario, your Doc Kong, your Zelda, your Kirby. But then you had a bunch of other people making yeah. mascots. Uh. Glover, oh god, we did have Mega Man on this, didn't we? Yep. Crash was Crash Bandicoot. No, that was a, that was yeah. PS One. <laughs> um, you had Gex enter the you had Gex from Enter the Gecko. There was the Castlevania game on this, which was the first like start of like the three D Castlevania games rather than the side scrolling ones. So this system was really like a turning point for a lot of franchises and nintendo's uh like game design choices moving forward it's like hey we have this 3d environment what do we do with this <laughs> but uh yeah it's a it's a system of good memories uh i do remember like really enjoying this game i hated the controller it just oh, I liked the controller this was the controller that started like the gross ads of like the blisters and everything like on the thumb from like the thumbstick. It was like all these things. It's like this is like gamer thumb. Oh man, I guess I just must have had like itty bitty thingies because like I thought it was like the coolest, biggest, neatest thing. Like I didn't like holding the rectangles. That felt more uncomfortable to me. Have, just... you, have you seen that Sega Saturn controller? Not off the top of my head. No. Picture that, but filled in. <laughs> yeah. very around build in. No, no uh, I'll, I'll get a picture right now. But like the Nintendo 64 is the same thing as the Dreamcast, but or sorry, not the Dreamcast, the uh Sega Saturn, but the Sega Saturn is filled in. Oh ew. Yeah. Um, ew. This I remember I have memories of like the middle of my hand like getting blistered from Mario Party during the minigame where you have to like rotate the control stick. So it's like I would like full palm it. And just rub it around. And it was like always like right here would just be like blister like blistered up after like a day or two. But uh then Mario Party, Mario Kart, like was has this question is... question for the group. Yes. Was there ever an N sixty four game that you started but was too hard for you to beat? Yes. Mine's Donkey Kong sixty four. Fair. It's, it's, I could it's, not beat the original Donkey Kong game, and I had to stop playing the game. 
Mm. Mine is a game called Buck Bumble. It was a uh, you played like a bee with a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Game, um, but like it was you like flying around and like you could land on like different surfaces and like stick there. But it was like you versus a bunch of like other bugs that are like trying to attack your hive, and I could never get past the second level. Mostly because I didn't know where to go or what to do. I don't think it gave you objectives. Nice. <laughs> so, but uh, I just remember it's like the plot is ridiculous too. It's just like the year is 2010, and as a result of a chem- of a chemical spill in London, the insects in the surrounding area have mutated. How did this bee get cybernetic implants and a gun? I do not know. <laughs> but it's. <laughs> You had to fight against like uh like evil mantises. Uh, it was hard. What as shit. There was there was a game, but I I it was a PlayStation game, so we'll have to wait for that. But I, I don't even think we're gonna talk about that one, so I can talk about it. It's, it was the Simpsons Wrestling. Oh yeah. I was on the PlayStation, so whatever. I was looking Donkey at like Kong. I could have sworn that came out in the sixty four, but it didn't. Donkey Kong sixty four was mm-hmm. playing it as a someone who had graduated from high school and I was home because I got my wisdom teeth out and I couldn't do anything. So I was playing Donkey Kong 64 (laughs) with a strategy guide up on my computer. And I was like, all right, I have to beat the original Donkey Kong, like X amount of levels of the OG Donkey Kong in order to like get this banana so I can progress in the game. Couldn't do it. Have not picked up Donkey Kong 64 since. And that's been 11 years. (laughs) The Donkey Kong games for me just as they have always been difficult. I think the only one I've gotten close to beating is the first one. But like, those like games Donkey are hard. Kong? Yeah. Like jump Almost... like Barrel Man Donkey Kong? No, the uh the first on Super Nintendo, Donkey Kong Country. Country oh, yeah, really that hard. game was hard. With the it's mind like, parts. Nintendo came out the gate like punching you in the gut and then like pushing you over with their foot and it's like you're weak. And it's like, I just want to play your video games. You are not allowed to have fun until you get good. There was a Mega Man game that was like extremely difficult. And I can't remember which one it was. It wasn't X. It was one of the ones after that. Was it one of like, like, it was I one of like not the PlayStation ones? I think so. Like, those again, ones, I, those ones got like the weird camera angles and like all this other yeah. stuff that started fucking with you. So, but yeah, uh, uh, I don't. I think the Nintendo 64 games for me, I was able to complete the ones that I played. Um, I think, yeah, I beat Perfect Dark. I beat, like, Pokemon Stadium. I got the fucking Super Rare Mewtwo and all that, uh, the Mew and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, I 100%ed. I'm not trying to be, like, a gamer, but, like, the games You're I played. You're being sweaty right now, Decca. <laughs> I, I am being sweaty for a different reason. My uh, My whole thing was, like, you know, 10, 11 year old me playing these. Sure. Like, it was either I didn't finish them because we had to return them, or it was okay, like yeah, sure. where it was like too hard. Like, I don't think I completed a lot of N64 games during that time because we only had them for a few days at the time. And, you know, I that was back when I actually, like, you know, went outside and socialized. So, yeah, <laughs> pre pandemic. N64 came out when I was four and was discontinued when I was nine or ten. So I was a wee baby child. I was, I was, I guess that was it, as I was much older than both of you. 
when I was playing it. Well, not much older than Sharky, but like much, much older than Haley. Well, yeah, when, I mean, uh, I think I ripped better at the PS2 because PS2 came out when, like, 02 or something? Yeah, you I, were like, oh, yeah. I was, was 10 by then. Because I think, what, PS1 or PS1 was 96, I think. Yes. So it, it like, would have been early 2000s for PS2, I think. Yeah, so I would have been 10. Yeah, 10 at the minimum when PS2 came out. So, like, I had a lot better fine motor grasp at 10 than when I probably got the N64 in 98 or 99. It was mostly like, Dad, I can't beat this Mario thing. He's like, what do you want me to do about it? <laughs> I just don't think my childhood, like, lizard brain processed, like, these games can be finished. You know, it was mm -hmm. like, I was just kind of, like, playing it in the moment. And it was like, you know, save, turn off, come back, and just like, I don't know where to go. Like, it was just one of those, like, things where I didn't really, like, think about it. It's like I was just I playing. A, it's like, hey, pack it up. We got to take it back to you know blockbusters. So I have, a, I have a question, mostly for Sharky, but if Haley happens to know, sure. Um, are there any JRPGs on the sixty four? Not in the traditional sense, I think. Um, I didn't think so. That, I know JRPGs are more of a Sony thing. They, I think, they started with discs more just because of the amount of content. Um. I know there are games that had elements like uh was it like Mystic Quest 64? Quest 64 I think is the 64. that had like RPG elements to it. Mm -hmm. It was still very overworld beat the shit or something. Yeah, cuz I don't think we had a Final Fantasy game on the 64. For sure we didn't cuz um, that was already Sony's. I don't think we had a Breath of Fire game. I don't think we had a Secret of Mana. Like I just don't no. know. Was the was it Soul Emblem or whatever? Fire all those random no. i don't think fire i don't think we got a fire I, they missed a lot fire I emblem i think because of the cartridge they couldn't because they wanted to do like all 3d stuff so that probably took up way more space than like a snes cartridge could if you just have like 2d graphics and a lot of those snes graphics are just repeating patterns on a tile set so it's like you can very easy on the ram you can do a lot more uh with that plus it's not loading them all in at the same time like you'll probably load it in as you, you know, move the screen to actually like, a, like reveal like a it. Twenty by twenty block that you just continually reveal. Yeah, because I know like that's how they got Doom to run so efficiently is that they only processed what your character could see, and everything else around him kind of like despawned until the viewport came into uh, view with it. But N sixty four, it seems like they just had like a lot going on. In terms of like the graphics and all that, that they probably couldn't. But off the top of my head, I can't think of one. I, I didn't think like, so. I feel like the N sixty four is kind of like that weird stage when you're like in middle school and you got really tall, but like the rest of you hadn't caught up yet. Like there was this great leap in like the like the capability to like do new things in games. They just didn't know what to do with it yet. And then by the time like the the GameCube came out, they kind of figured out what to do with it oh, by the when the gamecube game like i think when the gamecube came out like 60 percent of the libraries rpgs <laughs> like yeah so i think like the n64 just... was just like that awkward sort of like bean pole gangly bean pole stage of i mean video games nintendo skipped a lot uh on the n64 like we didn't even get like a metroid game on the n64 no. either like but when gamecube came out you know i think it was like one of the launch titles was like 
Metroid Prime. Mm-hmm. And that was because it was a sprawling like world. I think they probably couldn't do JRPGs if they didn't because of the hardware at the time. The limitations, yeah. Makes sense. I mean, even yeah. if they did, they were very basic. They, I, I do not think there was a, a singular JRPG out there. You I know, think... Let's, uh, let's check it out. Oh, uh, While you're looking that up, I just wanted to say, um, uh, I think the Nintendo 64, if I had to like word it, it's like a very Americanized system. Like, it got, I feel like I got very popular in America and maybe not so popular in Japan comparatively. Like, we're to the point where, like, you know, all the peripherals you would have had, unlike the SNES or it was called the Famicom over there, where it's they had different peripherals over there that only they had over there, like we were mentioning earlier. I think, I think it just really took off in America, and they're like, oh, they like it. Yes. Turkey. So, looking at the list of, uh, RPGs on the S64. Uh, it looks like there might have been one uh, Super Robot Wars, but that was a Japan-only release. Uh, uh, Legend of Zelda Mega Man, both Legend of Zeldas and Mega Man say action-adventure with RPG elements. And the only other thing that really falls on this list is Gauntlet Legends. Gauntlet was on the N64, but that one's kind of more just like a dungeon crawl like action RPG where you just yeah, kill things and that's not much. The um, specific JRPG experience of airships, crystals, and beating the fuck out of God. The, the only thing I could say really falls into an actual true JRPG in a sense would be Harvest Moon 64. Mm. I mean, but even that's still just like a simulation. Yeah, so. simulating game. Which, nothing wrong with Harvest Moon. It's just not a JRPG. JRPG is on the GameCube. Moon <laughs> so Stardew Valley could fucking run. Harvest Moon's still making games, though. I know. I played. I played an emulator of Harvest Moon, like Friends of Mineral Town, and that was my first like foray into like a farming (laughs) sim. And my brain was like, "Ooh, we've discovered something today." (laughs) Life simulator games between the Sims uh, and vastly more RPGs on the GameCube. I think once they realized, shit, we should have gotten the CDs a lot sooner. But, like, even that statement, like, we've overlooked the fact, like, this was originally a Sony-Nintendo, like, team-up. Mm-hmm. They were going to have discs. And then, like, something happened, either Sony or Nintendo backed out of the deal. So they had to finish the console with their own, like, proprietary uh, elements to it. Do you imagine a Nintendo 64 with, like, the top? Because I think what it was is, like, the top half was a 64, we all know. And the bottom and half was, like, drive. Yes. Yeah, and it just played the same thing. I think somebody. I think there was a news story a year or two ago. Uh, somebody found a developer kit that functioned of that original N sixty four design, and he was oh, like, wow. go, he was like going through it to like see if he can get like specifics on it. But like, I mean, there's a lot of history with this console that we like completely didn't even talk about. So it's just like this was really the start of. I think when. Shit, I think it was when they pulled out because this uh project I think started in '93 for the N64, and that's when when they pulled out. That's when Sony was like, "Fine, we're making a PlayStation." So I remember really, like uh, kickstarted all of this. I remember when I used to when I used to read more often. I would uh read uh 
the gaming magazines because Game Informer, yeah. all of those, um, Game Pro, whatever. Uh, I remember reading about like not necessarily about the collab or whatever, but I remember reading that they announced a system that between Sony and Nintendo, and then Sony was like, "Wait, we can just make our own. Why are we? Why are we doing this? We're leaving money on the table." And they, that and that's how they backed out. Yeah. So. Yeah, there was like a lot of uh Yeah, there was like a lot of stuff that happened leading up to it. It looks like a where does it say development? It was I think it was saying like development was like yeah, ninety-three, ninety-four. And that's when they kick either kicked Sony or Sony pulled out and Sony made the PlayStation. So that came out and Arguably. this came out with this came out with the cartridge. Which got a lot of backlash from developers because cartridges are much harder to code than CDs are. Because yep. I think the RAM can only be rewritten like a certain number of times. And uh some before we end the episode, just uh apparently Korea has a completely different name for this thing. Uh Korea, okay. also known as the codename was Project Reality. The planned product name was the Ultra 64. And in Korea, it was known as the Hyundai Comboy 64, which isn't even the same company. You can say Hyundai makes vehicles. Yeah, the Hyundai Comboy. Wait, uh, I remember the, so I remember uh, the Killer Instinct Arcade uh, that used what would eventually be the Nintendo 64 graphics. Uh, it was Killer Instinct Gold. Um, yeah. I remember the the ad as you you know you if you walk by the arcade while it's like you not no one's playing it has like an ad or something it's like the intense graphics of the Nintendo Ultra sixty four so like when you were saying that was the that was the that was the code name that that unlocked a memory <laughs> memory unlocked I will just miss that feeling of when you got to go to like Walmart or Toys R Us and they had the N sixty four out. I miss demo booths. While your mom was shopping for Christmas, she could just say, "All right, little anxiety lasagna, you stand right here and you play <laughs> your dumb video game, and I'll come and get you in an hour." <laughs> it's I like, like them, but I used to like look at them like this, it, so it was a little awkward. <laughs> as we left the '90s and like as the 2000s progressed, it seemed like stuff like stuff like that just kind of fell out for some reason like i just remember even like to the mid 2000s going into uh gamestop in our local mall and them having like a ps3 or an xbox like 360 like demo thing set up mm -hmm. but it's just like nope we're gonna stop doing that and it's like let people play your games <laughs> let them see what they're getting and that's, that's probably why, why they stopped doing it <laughs> That's why your game store has demos now, or your, your game store in your system has, a, has demos now. Demos need to come back. They do come. They are in the. They are in your game stores on your your like eShops and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, that's the uh, that's our brief, probably error filled summary of the N sixty four. I am not a gaming historian as much as I would like to be. I don't want to do research for this podcast, so. <laughs> Without context, you bring in, you fill in the podcast. The podcast, you fill in the context. I open up a wiki and I kind of skim through it. 
you'll find if you, you could probably see the reflection of the wiki through my glasses. You sometime. don't come if, to our podcast for accurate information. <laughs> you come to our podcast to have that moment between like that Sharky and I experienced together of the like being sucked back into your childhood of renting snowboard kids for Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, if we were to ever do like a deep dive series onto something like this, I would definitely like put in more like research time and actually have like Just an outline. Just give the research so. to me. I sound. I'm so I know, good at research. So I know I had what to I'm talking about. This is how good at research I am. This is my thesis. You just this is my literal thesis. You just, just keep have a copy. This is my thesis with the, my line notes from my advisor. Of course, I kept it. This is the most important document I've ever written in my life. Of course, I just have a physical copy of it handy. <laughs> how else am I supposed to? annoy people the fact that i've written a thesis if i can't just be like oh hey have you read my thesis thesis? (laughs) well we got it in episode so thank you all for joining us on this episode of the without contacts podcast Uh, let us know in the comments what some of your favorite n64 games are or if you never played it you know i I will personally shit talk every single one in the comments if you haven't played n64 just like like the video i guess (laughs) just something to interact with us but uh as always i am sharky hess and i was joined by decavolti and Izaida lasagna and we will see you guys next week for my next episode which i think we're going to need to figure out by next friday so oh well so thanks guys hey. and we'll see we'll see you later everybody i'm of time ain't shit